So the inquest is about to begin, and this is what we know so far. An intoxicated couple entered the Café de Paris for a late-night supper. They had both traveled by cab to Coventry Street after holding one of their many parties at their home on Williams Mews. After they had finished their meal at Café de Paris, they left for the Blue Angel on Dean Street. They returned home early that morning. It wasn't long before neighbors started to hear screaming and yelling from the first floor. Was reported to be yelling, Get out! Get out! I will shoot you! I will shoot you! Almost immediately afterwards, the street reportedly heard a pistol shot echoing in the night. A neighbor reportedly heard Elvira cry out, Chicken! Chicken! Come back to me! Come back to me! I will do whatever you want me to! At about 4.50 a.m., after a frantic call to his house, just 10 minutes earlier, Dr. Thomas Durant was at Barney's flat. It is reported that Barney was continually repeating the same quote. He wanted to see you, to tell you it was only an accident. He wanted to see you, to tell you it was only an accident. On the stairs, shot at close range, in the chest, lay Stephen, fatally wounded. MacDonald Hastings wrote about the fatal shooting in his book, The Other, Mr. Churchill. He was a firearms expert, not the Prime Minister of England, and he describes the police being shocked when they entered Barney's home on the Muse. As they entered her home, they were greeted with a painting over the cocktail bar, which would have been a sensation at any brothel in Pompeii. The place was equipped with implements of fetishism and perversion. Shocked or not, and despite the fact that she slapped Inspector Campion in the face, reportedly stating, I'll teach you to say you will put me in a cell, you vile swine. After she made this statement, the police obviously knowing their place, allowed her to go home with her parents, to their home on Belgrave Square. Four years earlier, a 23-year-old Elvira, despite her parents' protests, met and married an American entertainer named John Sterling Barney. They met at a society function held by Elvira's mother, Lady Mullins. Barney was a rather successful musician. His band was called The Three New Yorkers. They were relatively successful in the UK and often played at the Café de Paris. Although Barney was a seemingly successful musician, he was apparently not a great husband, Elvira once recalled. One day, she held out her arms and the burns she insisted were the work of her husband, who delighted in crushing lighted cigarettes on her bare skin. Violent fights between them started just weeks into their marriage, and after a few months, Barney returned back to the U.S. to never really be heard of again. Elvira's biographer states, When John left, Elvira went off the rails, sniffing the snow and became the demanding but generous mistress to a number of odd lovers. The biographer doesn't go into great detail, but it does explain how this socialite ends up with an out-of-work, drug-dealing dress designer. So now, June 3rd, 1932, the inquest begins. Inquest 
Day 1, June 3, 1932, Derby, England Telegraph. Disclosures in the Cocktail Party Tragedy. Shopman's Woman Friend. Idea of Marriage After Divorce. Coroner and Police. Disclosures in the shooting tragedy that followed a cocktail party in Knightbridge Flat were made at the inquest today on the shop man, Thomas William Scott Stephen. His brother stating that when he told him that his father did not approve of his association with Mrs. Elvira Dolores Barney, at whose flat the shooting occurred, he was angry. They tried to give the idea that they would be married when she had got a divorce. The brother said that Mr. Stephen and Mrs. Barney had denied that they were living together, but he, the brother, had an impression that they were. The brother said that Mr. Stephen and Miss Barney had denied that they were living together. In order to permit the completion of certain necessary inquiries and investigations by the police stated the coroner he would adjourn the inquest until June 16th. Father's allowance stopped. Mr. Thomas William Scott Stephen was found shot in a flat at Williams Mews Nightbridge, occupied by Mrs. Elvira Dolores Barney, who is the daughter of Sir John and Lady Mullins of Belgrave Square, London. Two Scotland Yard inspectors were present at the inquest. Mr. Francis Richard Stephen, a solicitor of Putney, said that he did not think that his brother had any occupation lately, but he had been a dress designer in Paris. His brother was right-handed. Two or three years ago, his father ceased making a regular allowance to him, and whenever he was in financial difficulties, he was helped by his mother, not able to marry. His brother had asked him for money. He had not let him any during the last nine months. The coroner, Mr. Ingleby Audi, I suppose you got tired of it. Mr. Stephen, he had not had a great deal, but I got tired of it. Six months ago, he told his brother and Mrs. Barney that his father did not approve of their association. My brother was very angry, said Mr. Stephen. They had tried to give us an idea they would get married when she had got a divorce, but we pointed out that was not the best way of setting about. The coroner, were they living together? Mr. Stephen, she denied it at the interview, but I had a different impression. I have no grounds for that, except when I wanted to speak with him, I telephoned to his address at Williams Muse. Mr. Stephen added that his brother, who was very delicate, was in no position to marry without a job. The coroner, do you know whether he possessed a revolver? I have never heard of it, replied Mr. Stephen. The inquest was then adjourned until June 16th. The coroner signed a cremation order and it was understood that the cremation would be at Golden Green this afternoon. Newspaper two, Evening Standard, London, England, part one. Brother's story of the shop man in flat told that father disliked friendship Money troubles, always helped out by mother. The solicitor brother of Michael Scott Stephen, victim of the Knightbridge shooting tragedy, told at the inquest today of his father's disapproval of the dead man's friendship with Mrs. Elvira Dolores Barney.
Mr. Stephen was shot in Mrs. Barney's flat on Williams Mews Nightbridge, following a party there. Mrs. Barney is still suffering from shock and is under the care of a doctor. Inspector Campion and Inspector Winter of Scotland Yard, who have been making inquiries into the affair, were present at today's inquest, which was held by the Westminster Coroner, Mr. Ingleby Oddy. Mr. Francis Richard Stephen, who identified the body as that of his brother, Thomas William Scott Stephen, age 26, said that he was a solicitor living at Glen Darwin Street, Putney. A dress designer? Mr. Oddy, where did he live? I can't say. I believe he had room somewhere. The coroner's officer, interposing, said that he believed the dead man had rooms in Brompton Road. Mr. Stephen, that may be so. I know he had rooms around there somewhere. Mr. Oddy, had your brother had any occupation? I don't think so lately. Had he had one? He was a dress designer in Paris. Mr. Stevens said that he last saw his brother about six months ago. Mr. Oddy, was he right-handed or left-handed? Right-handed. Was your father making him an allowance? I think my father had ceased to make him a regular allowance about three years ago. Whenever he was in financial difficulties, he was helped out by my mother. Did he apply to you for money too? Yes. Did you lend him any? Not during the last nine months. I suppose you got tired of lending money. Yes, he hadn't a great deal from me, but I got tired of it. Do you know anything of the relationship which existed between him and Mrs. Barney? When I last saw him, it was about that. Continued on page two. Knightsbridge flat tragedy continued from page one. Asked him and Mrs. Barney to come to my office. I told them that my father did not approve of their association. My brother was very angry, so I just asked him to leave my office. Your father wanted them to separate? Yes. They tried to give us the idea that they would get married when she got divorced, and we pointed out that this was not the best way of setting about it. Did they become abusive? They did not become abusive. He more or less said, oh, don't be so tiresome, or something like that. She rather tried to restrain him. We just left it at that. You ordered him to leave your office? I asked him to leave. A denial. Were they living together then? He denied it at that interview. I had a different impression, but no ground for it, except that when I wanted to speak to him, I telephoned him there at her address at Williams Mews. What sort of physique had your brother? He was very delicate. What were his habits as regards to alcohol? I cannot say. He was in no position to marry as regards financial matters, not without a job. How tall was he? I should say about five foot nine in shoes. Do you know whether he possessed a revolver at any time? I never heard of him possessing a revolver. Have you had any letter from him recently? No. Your communication ceased six months ago? Yes. This completed Mr. Stevens' evidence and Mr. and Mr. Oddie said to permit the completion of certain necessary inquiries 
and investigations by the police, I adjourned this inquest until Thursday, June 16th. After the inquest, Mr. Adi signed a cremation order. It is understood that the body will be taken later today to Golden Green for cremation. Problem for Yard. From a special correspondent. Was Mr. Stephen right-handed or left-handed? This question, which was asked by the Westminster coroners today, is the key to the perplexities of Scotland Yard in their effort to decide how Michael Scott Stephen met his death. The tragedy has provided Scotland Yard with one of its greatest problems and one on which the recognized ex experts are not quite agreed. The fact that the coroner today sat without a jury and the long postponement of the inquiry indicate that the authorities are not confident of any solution. The most important fact which has to be decided is the position of the weapon. The most important fact which has to be decided is the position of the weapon when the fatal shot was fired. Every possibility of what might have happened is being explored, and the police is in the reconstructions of the tragedy have enlisted the assistance of Sir Bernard Spilsbury, the pathologist, and Major H. Pollard, a revolver expert. Final opinions. A final examination of the body before its cremation was made today by Sir Bernard Spilsbury and Dr. Roach Lynch. Their final opinions will be in the possession of the police authorities this evening. Mr. Norman Kendall, an assistant commissioner of the mm -hmm. Metropolitan Police, who was formerly a barrister, and Superintendent Hambrook, have carefully reviewed the statements which have been taken by the police in the connection with this case, all which had any bearing on the recent career of the dead man have been subject to further inquiries. After today's inquest had been adjourned, the coroner had a conference with the police and examined photographs taken in the room before the removal of the body. The long statement, which Mrs. Barney made to the police on the day after the tragedy, has helped to clear up a number of points which have arisen in the investigation. June 4th, 1932. Evening Standard, Late Night Final Edition. Mrs. Barney collapses, carried from the court. I did not shoot him. I am not guilty. Alleged statement by Mrs. Barney. Knight's daughter on murder charge, driven to prison in car with shrouded windows. Mrs. Elvira Dolores Barney, age 26, appeared in the dock at Westminster Police Court today to answer a charge of the willful murder of Thomas William Stephen at her flat in Knightsbridge. She was remanded for seven days. Mrs. Barney collapsed in the dock and had to be carried away from court. She was taken to Holloway Prison in car with blinds drawn. The only witness was Detective Inspector Winter, who arrested Mrs. Barney at the home of her parents, Sir John and Lady Mullins in Belgrave Square. He said that, when charged, Mrs. Barney replied, I did not shoot him. I am not guilty. Crowd rush court doors from special correspondent. Not for many years has London witnessed such scenes as occurred today when Mrs. Barney was charged. The charge was the sequel to the death of Mr. Stephen, who was found shot in Mrs. Barney's flat in Williams Mews, Knightbridge, early on Tuesday. The previous evening, there had been a cocktail party at the flat. Sir John Mullins, father of Mrs. Barney, 
was, until his retirement, one of the leading figures on the London Stock Exchange and a broker to the Treasury. Great crowds gathered outside the police court to try to get in for today's hearing. Women drove up in private motor cars to join the queue. Whenever the doors were open to let officials in, there was a rush. When the doors were thrown open to the public, there was a tremendous dash. People became jammed in the doorway. Women and girls screamed as they were crushed by the seething crowd. Mrs. Barney was brought to court in a closed police car from Gerald Road Police Station, where she had spent the night in a cell. Police officers and a matron were with her. She went to court by a back door to avoid the crowd. Her parents, Sir John and Lady Mullins, were waiting in the adjourning room. When they went to court, they had to force their way through a crowd. They were given a seat near Superintendent Hambrook, who was in charge of the case. Continued from page one, Mrs. Barney fall in the dock. 15 minutes unconscious, Lady Mullins at her side. There was a hush when Mrs. Barney's case was called. She was not called by name, but as case number 11. Mr. Boyd was the magistrate. Mrs. Barney was represented by Mr. Samuel Coleman. She came forward, a pale-haired woman dressed in a long black coat and a black cloak, hat trimmed with white, a green handbag was under her arm. On one side, she was supported by a wardress. On the other, by her mother, Lady Mullins. She was helped up the step to the seat where she sat down in a state of semi-collapse on the wooden bench between the bars which enclosed her on either side. Mr. Coleman at once rose and addressing the magistrate said, I understand that only formal evidence is being given today and a remand will then be asked for. Mr. Boyd, that is so. The only witness was Detective Inspector William Winters of the, De of the D Division. Inspector Winters said, at 6.40 p.m. on June 3rd, with Detective Sergeant Campion, I went to Belgrave Square, where I eventually saw the prisoner. We later conveyed her to the Gerald Road Station. On arrival there, I said to her, you know that I am Detective Inspector Winter, and the other officer is Detective Sergeant Campion. Do you feel capable of understanding anything I may say to you? She nodded her head in assent. I then said, I am going to charge you with the murder of Thomas William Scott Stephen on May 31st, 1932 at Williams Mews. She made no reply and I cautioned her. I then said, do you thoroughly understand? Do you thoroughly understand? And if not, I will repeat it again. She replied, yes. Inspector Winter said she was then charged and in reply said, I did not shoot him. I am not guilty. The magistrate, yes. Inspector Winter, that was all, sir? Mr. Coleman, there is just one question. The phrase in the charge was murder by shooting, I believe. Inspector Winter, yes, murder by shooting. The reply was, I did not shoot him. I am not guilty. The magistrate. She will be remanded for seven days. Mr. Coleman. I have an application to make that Mr. Barney might be taken to Holloway in a cab with a friend. 
the magistrate. That is a matter for the police. Inspector Winter said that the police had no objection. Fall to the floor. As soon as the magistrate had remanded her, Mrs. Barney rose unsteadily to her feet, gazed round in bewildered fashion, and then tottered to the edge of the dock. Then she suddenly crumbled and would have fallen onto her face had not a wardress caught her in time. Her green bag clattered to the floor. Wardress and policemen rushed forward. She was carried out unconscious by five policemen. Mrs. Barney was carried to an anteroom where restoratives were applied. It was more than 15 minutes before she recovered consciousness to find her mother there. A little later, Mrs. Barney was driven away to Holloway Prison in a private car with the blinds drawn. The crowd who waited outside saw nothing. Mrs. Barney, who married Mr. John Sterling Barney, a singer, in 1938, has appeared on the stage and played in the Blue Kitten at the Gaiety Theater. She's definitely taking this more seriously now. She's not being so snarky anymore. I guess we'll find out in part three, and that will be the end of Elvira Barney. I'll see you all again for part three really soon. Okay.